Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watch Darkman. Uh, this is a movie by Sam Raimi, one of our favorite directors. He did the Evil Dead series and the good Spider-Man movies. And, uh, boy, Darkman sure is, uh, what a picture, you know? What a picture. How <laughs> I understand why he got those Spider-Man movies. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Half of my notes are just, why haven't I watched this before? Why haven't I already seen this five times? I really let myself down here. Yeah, well, uh, I wouldn't recommend watching the sequels, but, you know. Says who? Yeah, uh, well, this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, before we get into this magical motion picture, Parker, do we have any news in the world of film? There's one piece of news I really want to discuss, <laughs> which is not just Vin Diesel using Instagram to reach out to The Rock to mend this relationship and bring him back for Fast 10 to end the, the franchise in Paul's honor. It's the fact that he posted a picture of them in Fast 5, but he's photoshopped to be the same height as The Rock. <laughs> it's so fucking funny! Because <laughs> like, Google it, he's clearly like five inches shorter than him. <laughs> he posted some crop shit where they're eyeline to eyeline. It's so good. I love him so much. He really gets social media. Was he, like, standing on the Tom Cruise box? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I want Vin Diesel to be happy, but also, I don't need The Rock to come back for Fast 10. I'm fine. I don't need The Rock in any more movies at all. Correct. Yeah. Oh, I, thankfully we're not going to get to any of those this week, but... Oh. Oh, oh God. Uh, Netflix thing. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay, guys. Yeah. That's all right. uh, this week. So yep. We'll be all, right, cool. all right. Everyone show your hand. Let's, let's all be cool. <laughs> all right. So next week's episode, right? So no. The only fair no. way to do this. I'm going out of town. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get into our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I don't have a jerk of the week. Instead, I have a hero of the week. President Joseph Robinette Biden for letting out the longest, loudest fart in front of the in front of the fucking royal family. God bless him and no one else. Oh, I think your phone's ringing. I want to take you down. <laughs> Dude, you know, uh, you know that when it was a thing a few years ago for people to like, you know, they would take B movie and speed it up every time that it says B. Yeah. You, I, I just like to imagine somebody out there like editing the fart in the opposite direction. Where, like, everybody's, every time somebody says taxes, the fart gets a little bit longer. <laughs> Alex President Biden, this is an open invitation to the show. Please. I, I mean, that's that's a great segue, because my jerk of the week is the Cheeto Man. Oh. Nice. Any reason in particular just felt right? No. Friend of the show, what did you do? <laughs> great question. Oh. It's just <laughs> that's your villain. It's <laughs> yeah. Cheeto man. He did something, I'm sure. That's fair. Well, of course, my jerk of the week is the three of us. Uh, our first live episode went horribly wrong. 
many deaths, including our good friend Kingo. Oh, uh, shout oh, out to God. his friend and family. <laughs> <laughs> he will be remembered forever. <laughs> Kingo. <laughs> Imagine just being like, oh my God, my friend died at the concert yesterday. You know my boy Kingo? Yeah, man, he got trampled in there. I, it just like, it sucks. You know, nobody wants to die ever. But imagine going out at a Travis Scott concert. That's just be like, um, could you yeah. imagine like, you know, one of our dads just being like, yeah, I had a friend. We lost him at the Stick Show. He was just gone. <laughs> I could what do you, 100% imagine Chris's dad knows someone who died or was stretchered out of a Sticks concert. <laughs> oh my god. I would not be surprised if he knows that. I, I, I think he told me that one time he wanted to go to a Jay Giles concert, but uh, his dad wouldn't let him because it was in New York City. It was a little dangerous or something like that. And like there was a huge riot at the show or something. I don't know. Wait, well, at, a, just... at a Jay Giles concert? Why? Yeah, dude. What were they rioting over? I guess they. I think they wanted another encore or something. <laughs> I just, you know, all those great Jay Giles songs. <laughs> I know them. of one. And this is before Centerfold. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Right. <laughs> I just wanted you guys to know that back in college, I worked at our local event center, and Sticks played there once. And a fan was very, very drunk and then got in a fight with one of their managers because he was mad that they didn't play Mr. Roboto and they started shoving each other. <laughs> and I wanted you two to know you just unlocked that memory for me. Like, they had to be separated. Like, they were with like Night Ranger or some shit. Like, well, at least they like their fans. They're playing the music they want to hear. And then they had a fucking fight over sticks not playing Mr. Roboto. But also, why wouldn't you play Mr. Roboto, you fucking asshole? Dude, so I get that, because uh, when I saw R.E.M., they didn't play End of the World. I was, like, dumbfounded. I would get in a fight, too. Yeah, exactly! (laughs) Well, uh, well, let's get into what we watched recently. I've got... Every single one of mine is worth talking about here. Let's uh, start with the big one that I've been uh, hinting at this whole time. I talked to Parker about it. This is one that Parker assigned me in the Game of Games. It's called Deadly Friend. And most importantly, weird one here, this one isn't on the list. Uh, I'm kind of surprised at that. because Not because it's a horror movie. There's lots of horror movies that aren't on the list. But more so, it's a Wes Craven movie. And I think the way the, the list works is they're just like... Yeah, everything from this filmography, just put it on there. They were doing that with, like, every single fucking Boris Karloff movie. It's like, he's in it, yeah, whatever, put it on there, I don't give a shit. Uh, Deadly Friend does not make the cut, somehow, I, I don't understand. I think it ought to, I'll get to that in a moment. Um, but first I want to describe, before I even get to the plot, I want to describe a scene for Alex. Because, oh. Alex, I don't think you've seen it yet, right? Correct. Uh Parker mentioned to me, this could be an episode. And I'm like, this episode would either be like 25 minutes or three hours. So we'll see if Alex is in. So there is a head explosion in this movie. Uh, okay, a... I'm in. Okay, well, uh... <laughs> <laughs> for, the... <laughs> for the fans, I will describe the head explosion. Then I'll get around to <laughs> the plot. <laughs> uh, when I say the listener, uh, I will get around to it. Uh, 
there's this old woman who lives across the street from like these teenagers right and they're playing basketball but oh no their basketball goes over to her house and she takes the basketball inside her house oh damn she took our basketball now we can't have fun with our basketball anymore anyway fast forward some other stuff happens it's not really important one of the teens takes the basketball pegs it at her head and her head explodes and after her head has exploded i mean Everywhere. This is where Tom Savini is just like this. Watch like, mm-hmm. uh, the headless corpse is going around like this, and, it, and you can hear like blood squirting. I'm going, it's getting everywhere, it's and you're just listeners. like, yeah, for the listeners. <laughs> you know, this is just, you know, it sounds really great, but let me talk about the plot uh, and describe why I have a love hate relationship both with this movie and with this head explosion. Uh, the plot is about this teenage genius we'll call him paul because that's what they call him in the movie and he doesn't have a dad but he has a mom and he's because he's a genius he has this robot friend of his this makes deadly friend the only movie that has ever been overshadowed by short circuit uh the robot buddy is named bb I think it calls itself that because that's the noise that it makes. It, it kind of goes like the entire movie, and it's actually kind of irritating. I'm really happy I didn't watch this with Alex because I think she could do this voice spot on, and she would know how much it bothers me, and she would do that on purpose. Uh, anyway, they move to a new town because he has to go to genius school or something and study brain neuron surgery stuff. And he meets some new friends. He meets a dork who rides a bicycle. I don't even know that guy's name. He might as well not be in the movie. And he meets a girl next door. Like, oh, okay, possible romance here. Her name is Sam. Uh, Now, much like the book of Henry, she's being abused by her father. So that creates some drama. Glad I was able to bring that movie back into my memory. Uh, But it's kind of like... I, I don't know, the, the, the friendship that, de- that develops between Sam and Paul is actually kind of nice. You're like, wow, I actually hope something, you know, develops between these two. Uh, I like the way that it's sort of played here. It's really great. I did not like how uh, uh, he he meets up with that other guy, the guy who rides a bicycle. He's like, yeah, I just met Sam next door. The guy's like, huh, great tits. And uh, Paul's <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and they say that, like, middle of the afternoon in their neighborhood everyone can hear them they're like what the fuck is wrong with you dude the abuse thing so uh anyway uh, they're they're like oh well what sort of trouble will bb get into anyway he uh, paul's so good at uh computers and being a genius that he teaches a college class and he's even studying brain surgery he's really good at it, like better than all the other brain surgeons i guess in the world he's just how many tight ends does he use uh <laughs> we will get to that uh so he's uh He's playing around with uh, BB and uh, and Sam and this other guy, and BB's actually the one that launches the basketball into this old lady's uh, house. We'll get to that in a bit because BB's just I don't know, not very good at basketball. Um, they try to retrieve the uh, the basketball, but the woman takes out a double barrel shotgun and blows BB to smithereens. Uh, so he's understandably upset, and that's so. This night, takes place in Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> It might as well. Well, suburban Philadelphia. So All right. Even worse, actually. Uh, Sam gets thrown down the stairs by her father and is comatose. And I say comatose for a reason. I'm not trying to skip over stuff here. Uh, that's the sort of abuse that she has to deal with. 
uh, they go to the hospital and the brain surgeon are like, oh, there's nothing we could do. And Paul's like, ah, I'm a super genius. I'll figure something out. They're like, no, you can't do that. We have laws here in suburban Philadelphia, which I just assume is where this is now. It's just in my head, Ken. Uh, <laughs> he sneaks into the hospital and takes her out, and it turns out they've already pulled the plug. She is dead. And he's like, no, wait. I've got it. I know how to revive her. I'm going to take BB's computer chip brain and put it inside her skull, and then she will be alive again. And uh, he does that. So the rest of the movie is this girl next door with a robot brain in there doing girl next door with a robot with a robot brain stuff, which includes blowing up a woman's head with a basketball, uh, taking revenge on the father who pushed her down the stairs, and uh, did she kill anyone else? Yeah, she probably kills like two or three more people. Uh, oh yeah, there's a greaser in it because this movie was made in 1986, and everyone, every single bully wore the black leather jackets. Man, bring back greasers. Whatever happened to them? They the would hair. be such an asset in our society. <laughs> they really would. They'd be our enforcers. <laughs> anyway, uh, so let me tell you, if we had greasers, they would be bullying both sides of the political spectrum into yeah. being normal. <laughs> God bless them. So. Here's my problem with the movie. I actually did some research on this, and uh, there's a lot of gore in this, uh, not the least of which is the head explosion scene. But apparently Wes Craven didn't want the movie to play like this. He wasn't satisfied with the idea that uh, it was going to be some sort of uh, another Wes Craven movie. He didn't want it to be extremely gory. He didn't want it to be uh, a horror movie, in fact. This movie came out in 1986, right? And I believe it was being made right after he had finished making... Nightmare on Elm Street, but it hadn't been released yet. So people didn't know that it was a huge hit yet. So Nightmare on Elm Street comes out, the previews for Deadly Friend go out, and people are like, oh, I was hoping for more of the violence of Nightmare on Elm Street. What gives? I want more of that. And the studio told him, hey, come on, we need more guts and more gore and everything. Completely changed the story around. So it's no longer uh, a tender romance that looks at the evil that is in most of the adults of suburbia, but instead, what if we had this robot brain girl destroy people's heads with a basketball? And... It's actually the, the basketball head explosion scene that kind of bothers me the most because that's where you can tell that the story just changes and they remove all the sort of emotions from it. And it kind of bugs me. There, there could have been a lot of chances for this to be a really mature sort of storytelling thing for, uh, for Wes Craven, but instead he just has to do horror for the rest of his life. And then we get... You know, some good movies. Uh, People Under Stairs is good. Scream is good. Uh, Shocker was okay. Uh, I, I think <laughs> the man is talented, and he's certainly a master of his craft. And even the scenes that he didn't want to do for this, like obviously the head explosion scene he didn't want to do, even that scene is really well done. Even before that, there's like this really like scary moment where the basketball is like just bouncing, and it seems as though no one actually threw it. It's That's actually pretty well done. But... Uh, I think I would have liked this movie a lot more if it had been the original vision. So what I want to say about this is this is the kind of movie that people should want to remake. It's a movie that didn't go the way that it ought to have. So if someone could remake this instead of Nightmare on Elm Street, which was already remade in what, 2009 or something like that, I'd be really happy with this. Uh, now, it's conceivable that's, that Alex or anyone else could watch this movie and come away with a completely different perspective and be like, no, it's fine the way that it is. And I'm like, yeah, it really is. Like, I can still have fun with this. I can see why it's a cult movie. But I like the idea of 
what it was originally proposed as, the original short story that it was based on. So, uh, anyway, Deadly Friend made me very disappointed, and now I'm sad inside. All right. Good week for movies. <laughs> so the next movie I watched was the Tom and Jerry movie. Oh, well, yeah, I did do that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Is James Corden in this one? <laughs> he is not, Ken Jones. Thank God. So, okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. As what was that about God, you said? Yeah, <laughs> okay, is he himself or a voice? Uh, neither. He plays a cook. Oh. Oh, you know, Tom and Jerry like to cause mischief. Oh Especially with food. A whole <laughs> lot of mischief in the kitchen, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is uh, not what you're looking Christ. for. So. Yeah, and uh, Ken Jong, you know, the other thing he likes to do is he likes to yell. So uh, he gets very, very mad. Okay, so Tom and Jerry, they were like a bunch of shorts. They came out in what, like the 1940s or something like that? Hanna-Barbera, right? Incredible you, animation. You would know, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> I would know. <laughs> Incredible animation and uh, very influential. They were better than the fucking um, what were they? Better than the fucking Disney shorts that were coming out around that time. Tom and Jerry shorts were really good, and uh, they were so good that they were syndicated. And we were able to watch them when we were in the '90s on TV. And I've I've seen so many Tom and Jerry shorts. I love them. They're fucking great. So uh, Warner Brothers is like, well, Space Jam: A New Legacy was such a hit. We got to have another thing for our tentpole franchises like Tom and Jerry. So it begins with rapping birds. Uh, oh, they, boy. They, <laughs> they sing that song, uh, Can I Kick It? Um, Man, if I had known that, I would have signed this months ago. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing about it, one of the things that the movie does well is that all the animals in the movie are animated in the same style, the same sort of artwork as uh, Tom and Jerry, which I think is kind of a good thing because it lends a sort of uh, consistency with the art design. The other thing that it does well is Tom and Jerry are very well animated. They they do a pretty good job with that. And there's a, a heavy emphasis on slapstick. I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty good. The problem is that this movie is one hour and 41 minutes. Parker. No. no. That's not You real. have made a terrible mistake in assigning this to me. This is something I will not soon forget. Uh, they are also not even the main characters of their own movie. The main character of this movie is Chloe Grace Moretz. Uh, now, Chloe Grace Moretz is hang on, sorry, a girl, and I can't really do her voice. My my voice just doesn't get up to that pitch. But I can do her face, and it's actually really easy to do her face. Just imagine that your face is the same voice that Mark Wahlberg is making in The Happening. It's just Tom and Jerry in the in the hotel. I, I don't know. I can. I'm sure I can. I can do something. As she says to Michael Pena and Rob Delaney. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's, <coughs> oh, real names who in this cast? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, who? She. They have to get the hotel ready because there's going to be a big event there. Parker used to be an event planner. Um, this <laughs> yeah. one, their their big event is uh, there's going to be a wedding between some celebrity, some white boy celebrity, and an Indian woman. They're like, oh, they're doing that Priyanka Chopra and whichever one of the Jonas Brothers. And uh, they sure, just man. ripped that off. I didn't know that you could just do that to people. <laughs> I don't think there's a law against it, but you know, morally, it kind of feels weird. Uh, anyway, at one point, the guy's like, yeah, we should ride in elephants into the hotel. And I'm like, you want to ask her first? He doesn't even ask her. He just says, we're going to do that. Um Anyway, yeah, Tom and Jerry cause a ruckus. They're tripping people with canes. And uh, 
they are fucking destroying this hotel, and I I don't feel bad for Chloe Grace Moretz because she's a scam artist. She uh, she scams her way into getting this job and scams her way throughout the entire movie and never says sorry for lying. Uh, so I, you know, great moral for kids. Overall, this could have been a lot worse. I will admit that. I I have to admit. I kind of was expecting, like, the Marmaduke movie. Like, this could have been really, really bad. But overall, I understand what it's trying to do, and I think this is just a cash grab. I think this is just Warner Brothers being like, look, we're not in this for the art. We're just trying to make a whole lot of money. They, maybe they lost out on some other deal or something like that, and they're just like, look, whatever. We're just trying to... I think Disney does the same thing, you know? They're like, we're going to build up a whole lot of money, so every once in a while we can release the movie that we actually want out there. Uh... That being said, Tom and Jerry is also really annoying. Uh, Tom, <laughs> yeah, at, yeah. Tom at one yeah, point, uh, yeah. Tom at one point flosses the dance, not the dental <laughs> <Nice>. hygiene. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm happy. Yeah. Science. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you're talking to me back in. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, Chris, you, Chris, you want to know why this movie exists? Why does this movie exist? Huge Tom and Jerry phone game in China. Really. That's yep. good lore that I would have never known. Thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah, it plays know, a whole I'm, lot, doesn't it? You know, I'm really not that surprised. Uh, other characters come back. Uh, Spike the dog. Remember that big dog and stuff. Uh, he's in this. Um, That's his name. Okay. Yeah, the, he, his name was Spike. Yeah. I guess I don't know. God, are there uh, any they, babies in the movie? <laughs> there are no babies in the movie. Also, very happy well, they why. didn't have. Uh, they also, <laughs> I'm very happy they didn't have that. Uh, was it that that. The house taker or whatever the the black oh. woman from those shorts. Oh no! <laughs> Somehow oh, she didn't make the uh, cut. That is another character that I forgot about. Oh. Yeah, and here's one other one I bet you forgot about. That okay, was so I've been drinking. It, I almost did the voice. Oh boy! So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> well, speaking of voices, Parker likes to do. Uh, you think back to like some of the Tom and Jerry memes that come out. You remember when he has like a zoot suit on and he's doing like the "Is you is or is you ain't my baby" to that one cat that's it's like a white cat. Do you remember that cat's name? No, of course you don't, because no one ever fucking says her name. She doesn't have a name, but if you look at, like, the credits, if you do some deep digging, she did have a name. Her name was Toots. <laughs> yeah, the Looney Tunes <laughs> lore wiki. <laughs> it's, they were... Actually, it was just, it was fan of Joe Barbera, so it's not the same thing. Anyway, uh, her name, yeah. Anyway, you can't really call women toots anymore. This is what the liberals have taken from us. So they don't call her toots in the movie. Instead, they call her toots. <laughs> <laughs> and you said this was bad. <laughs> they call her that. Constantly. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, Yo, did you see. think Toots is going to let me beat tonight? <laughs> so I do have something in common with this movie. <laughs> yeah, just imagine calling a girl Toots. Uh, at one point, yeah. Can uh, now. So one of the bases for the movie is that Tom likes to play piano. Cool. My favorite gag. Yeah. Playing an instrument. Yeah, he does that. Also... Jerry likes to steal things. Uh, I, I can, I How can do safely you say fuck it, up Tom and Jerry? <laughs> uh, so Parker, you're going to find out, okay? Uh, this is somehow the second worst Tom and Jerry movie I've seen. Wait, what? We're going to go down a path. My, the way my eyes just opened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I sobered up entirely. That's horrifying. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. This has the second most songs of any Tom and Jerry movie I've ever seen. 
All right, guys, I'm busy for the next Yeah, this year. one <laughs> does it as in more than zero, although these are, like, real songs. Again, Can I Kick It with the animated pigeons uh, stuff. He also, he lip syncs to some other song. If he had done, like, the original Is Your Rizzo, Is Your Ain't My Baby thing, it's great. See, this is the one that I get upset about. You guys get upset about not playing Mr. Roboto or the, it's the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back but the also, classics, you know, man. Better movie. Look, I'll admit it was clever to have Toot sing "Wet Ass Pussy," but I thought it was a little vulgar for a kids' movie. <laughs> anyway, uh, if um, I could, if I could sum up my reaction to this movie with one word, it would be this. <laughs> it took they, me a second to realize it wasn't the Herald noise. <laughs> Did they play that sound in the movie? I need to know. It, yeah, but like even that's kind of ruined because uh, it's played when he's trying to get into uh, he's trying to get into Jerry's hotel room and he's like walking along this like um, like a clothesline or something, kind of like Rape Man, and then he falls. <laughs> I can sure, I see it so vividly. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> then he falls, and it's like it, it kind of like drops out because it's like. Okay, so, like, the character's up here, and you can hear it at full volume, and as it falls, it gets quieter. And, like, I understand why you do it, and it's more realistic that way, but this is one of the funniest sounds of the world. <laughs> don't don't cut that out. Don't fuck with that sound. Just leave it the way that it is. So that kind of bothered me. Uh, there were other Tom screams in there when he fell in the same way. I'm just like, okay, classic throwback for that Tom and Jerry audience, which is just me. Uh, but That's even then, it's kind of ruined. So I was like, I don't know. I didn't really, I didn't really go for this one. But hey, you know, I do like kids' movies. I, I, I could have hated this a lot more than I did. Well, speaking of kids' movies, I watched uh, XXX, eighteen plus, uncensored, Hot Girls Wanted, a movie produced by Rashida Jones. This is a documentary. What, what is that? Uh, have you guys heard of Hot Girls Wanted? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. I thought yeah, this was a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember this. Okay. Yeah. No, this actually, no, this actually happened. This is a real, it's a documentary, and there's a TV show on Netflix that I didn't watch because I think I got the message this time around. Uh, Hot Girls Wanted is a documentary about pornography. And more specifically, because it, you can't just do a documentary about pornography, otherwise it'll end up like that uh, video games the movie thing, where it's just like, video games are here to stay. Uh, you have to pick sort of like a niche sort of thing here. It's like, what specifically just, about pornography are you trying to do? What is it? It's just eat that pussy rating is top 100 points. <laughs> Man! Well, I can't do that anymore. Uh, anyway, uh, Hot Girls wanted specifically about the amateur porn industry, uh, which I would say, quote unquote, because once you get paid for it, you're not really amateur. You lose the amateur status. <laughs> so uh, It's like college football. Yeah. <laughs> And I'd be brave to watch this in November. Good for you. I, just, it's just, I, I love thinking about college eligibility now that we have J.R. Smith playing college golf for fucking North Carolina <laughs> A&T. It's so good. Well, uh, Sorry, continue. Back on the subject. Uh, hot Girls Want... Yeah, you know, Brave During November. I am, in fact, Harry Strong. Uh, I, I gotta tell you this. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of the movie Food, Inc. and how that movie turned a lot of people vegan and vegetarian. I kind of hope slash wish that uh, Hot Girls Wanted will do the same thing to people and get them to stop consuming uh, at least amateur pornography. And in fact, this one, I, yeah, I'm, I've, I haven't watched pornography in several months and I don't really feel the need to do so, I guess, ever again, especially after this one. Because once you see how the potato chips are made, 
kind of takes the magic out of it. So, yeah, I am, in fact, Harry Strong. I, <laughs> there's really no way to watch this and feel good about it, you know? Um, I'd never have, buddy. Yeah. yeah that's my I secret. mean, yeah. Oh, no, I get it, yeah. But, like, this is a very well-done documentary. I, I will say there has been some pushback here. A lot of people say, well, it didn't tell both sides. Here's a little fun fact for you. Most documentaries don't tell both sides. Uh, most documentaries are trying to make a point about something. And what is the other side here? Actually, it's good to jack off to 18-year-olds? Thank you. Uh, I did. One of my favorite reviews is on Letterboxd. And usually I try not to signal boost bad reviews on Letterboxd, but this one was worth it because most people are like, yeah, it was actually pretty good. There's one uh, review that gave it one and a half stars from a guy who leads his review with, I uh, just want to get this out of the way, I am a male feminist, I am sex positive, and I respect sex workers. I'm just like, oh, oh, fucking course, this fucking guy. <laughs> uh, this is really gross and uh, disgusting. I mean, the industry, the movie itself is pretty good. And Rashida Jones has done a lot of interviews about this subject, and she's talked about it, and she makes some really good points. So... Yeah, uh, I'm off pornography. I think it sucks. I think it's bad, it, or at least like live action pornography. You know, I, I'm sure there are alt there are like alternatives for people, like job at best highlight videos, or the next movie that I watched, Ninja Scroll. Parker, oh, uh, buddy, <laughs> that so, is gonna be so much more painful of a segue here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing about Ninja Scroll. <laughs> Uh, the first things I want to get out of the way here is this is actually really fucking good. This is actually and, a really, really yeah. good. <laughs> and you're sex positive and a male feminist. <laughs> yes, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> and I respect sex workers. So, uh, here's the thing. If you're smart, like me, then you download the version where they cut out entirely the rape scene. So it doesn't even happen. What? That exists? There's a yeah. feminized cut? Yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, believe it or not, I, I didn't know that that was the version that I downloaded. I uh, I downloaded it from... Buddy, <laughs> that is a bullet dodge. Yeah, it really was. Okay, so Parker told me that... Uh, Parker, I think your anecdote was you were watching this with your dad and he walked out right before that scene It happened. was literally seconds. He was like, okay, there's another one of these fucking cartoons. And then the hardest of hard cuts. Right. Unintended. Oh, man. Well, thank Brutal. goodness. Uh, so I downloaded it, and I, I was like, oh, geez, this scene is going to be fucking tough to watch. And it wasn't there at all. It's not in this cut of the movie. I think I know why. Because I watched the dub, and the dub, they cut that scene out. They cut, I believe the, the one I saw online says 52 seconds. They cut out the rape scene, and they cut out the throwing stars, because Britain doesn't allow you to show throwing stars or something. I'm... I don't know. So <laughs> you know that actually yeah. does make sense for them. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those uh, things where I kind of want to ask Alex. Like, is it worth it to have the rape scene if you got the throwing stars in there? I, I just like like I, I'm just like imagining you know you know like when those fucking like police agencies post on Twitter about like these guns they took off the street and it's like some fucking one shot revolver from the 1700s. Can you imagine the fucking bobbies coming out with a throwing star? Why be coming up? We got another. And another one of these Rudy Tootie point shooties out of here. <laughs> Same, but me in a trench coat walking up to Rashida Jones going, You see what this? You see what you do with your message? You've taken all of this away from us. Look at this throwing star. 
<laughs> so anyway, uh. b- back to the uh, Stalinized cut of this movie. Yeah. Also, <laughs> if you think I watched this subbed, you're out of your mind, and I oh. know what I saw, my friend. Really? Huh. I know exactly what I saw, because I was well, an impressionable I, age. I got the good version, where that scene doesn't even happen. I am Chris, very, very happy. What? Did you download the real version afterwards, just to, you know... <laughs> is that <laughs> one of those things that you would context? do for completion's sake? Like, no, like I no. can't log it unless I've seen the whole movie? I'm, I'm no, 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 no. I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past you. Here's the thing. I like to think that the version that I saw is the director's true intention. And let me back that up with something. A lot of the movies from the uh, those letterbox lists that we found where it's like grungy 80s and 90s animes. It's really fucked up. Don't show the kids. A lot of those only have like very brief nudity or sexual assault in there. And it kind of feels like they were forced to put in there by like this. It's like, no, 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 come on. We have to make it appeal to the pervert somehow. And the people who are making it like, no, I'm trying to tell a story. And uh, they're like, it's, it's no, 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 come it on. already appeals to perverts. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. But I mean, Japanese perverts. So, you know, you need oh, that in there. Sorry. And it's like, it's kind of tough. And I have a feeling that that was put in there specifically as a sort of nuisance thing. Although upon looking it up, it... There is, like, a plot reason that this happens. Like, this leads to something else. I'm like, okay, I get it. Uh, It's a little bit better if I just don't see it, though. In fact, I'd say it's a lot better if I just don't see it. All right, well, uh, you can think that and then get back to me after you watch Wicked City. Because, uh, boy. Did I not watch that yet? I think I did watch that. Those demons give that lady the business. Oh, never mind. In all the ways you do not want to see. (laughs) Well, uh, Violence Jack does not avenge her in this. Uh, Instead, she's avenged by a different ninja who I liked. I especially liked him in this dub because he's putting emotion into his performance, which uh, not a lot of anime actors do. I thought you were going to say not a lot of ninjas do, which, uh, true, that's kind of the point. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but he's like one of the cool ninjas, so it's okay. I actually really like the female ninja in this one. She's actually really interesting. Most people, most men don't go after her because her entire body is sort of seeping with poison because she's immune to it. It's a ninja thing, I I guess. Anyway. Uh, Of course, yeah. The real thing that I like about this movie, and maybe it's because I've been watching some of the earlier, like the 80s animes from that list, is this one looks really good. Like, it looks astonishing, especially all the faces, the way that they draw the eyes. And more importantly, the, the stuff around the eyes, like the eyebrows, the creases in the forehead, the crinkles at the edges of your eyes, your lips, everything like that. That is done so much better than most anime, and I really, really like that. Uh, the music's pretty good. The storyline's really imaginative. I really like what they're trying to do because it feels like one of the legends passed down from Ninja Clan to Ninja Clan to Podcaster. And I <laughs> I was reminded of Samurai Jack in a good way. So uh, I had a good time. Uh I will admit that sexuality does get a little bit strong in some areas, even without the rape scene. Uh, but it's more imaginative than anything else. It's more about, you know, this is what storytelling can and ought to be. This is one of the movies they certainly couldn't make nowadays, although I get well, Japan is different. Maybe they could make this nowadays and win all sorts of awards. But I, I like the idea that there's something kind of like gross and messed up out there like this. That's at least something to challenge your expectations of what you're going to find in storytelling. So... If you're going to watch this, download the the, the feminized cut. <laughs> download the uh, the no rape scene part, please, God Almighty. Because I even the part that they didn't cut before that, I was like, oh man, he just has a full mouthful right there. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's. Uh, I was like, all right, that's that's disgusting. I will never touch another woman. Alex, what did you watch? First of all, same. 
But uh, <laughs> for those of you out there that are listening that may at some point in the present or future have to touch a woman, I have a little uh, little bit of secret lore for you. Now, uh, Parker, have you been subjected to a bunch of cooking shows that you can't fucking stand? Not as much as you would think, but I, I've had my fair share. Okay, well that makes one of us. Because oh. they are just on all the time. And let me tell you, the only thing that's worse than a cooking show is a cooking show where there's no competition. Which is like most of them. So, uh, oh. it's like, ah, sick, oh. it's just people cooking. Anyway, if you are somebody out there that's in the same predicament that I have been in, in the past, let me tell you about a show on Netflix called Baking Impossible. So, how it works is there's teams of one baker and one engineer. And they get some sort of challenge, and they have to engineer something out of food that completes a task. The first episode, they have to make fucking pirate ships out of nothing but edible goods. And then, like, make them go down the water and, like, avoid an iceberg and shit, like, with a little remote control. It is literally Junkyard Wars with cake. I fucking love it. It's so good. <laughs> that sounds really good. It is so much better than it has any right to be. Because, like, it's, like, very obvious they don't have, like, that many good ideas yet. They just, like, have the premise. And yeah. they just kind of let people go. But let me tell you, watching that first episode, and getting to play armchair engineer over whether these boats were going to work or not, that's exactly what I want as a dude. That is why I'm here. Alright, well, I'll add that to the list it's, of, like, yeah. hey, uh, <laughs> when she goes to turn someone, I'm like, you know, I actually heard this show was pretty good. And just steal it is, right into that. If, like, if you watched Junkyard Wars back in the day, it's up your alley, basically. Like, that is the yes. thing that always comes to mind as I'm watching it. And, like, I'm not sure any of the episodes are as good as the first one, but the first one's really good, and the rest is watchable. And for a cooking show, that is a very high bar to clear. Um... What else do we got here? Oh, um, so I, I took care of some assignments this week. Um, you know, as some of us are apropos to do from time to time. Uh, I had one more Gerard Butler movie assigned to me from uh, whatever hellish week that was for me. So uh, I sat down and watched Cop Shop, which is oh, the most me. recent one. I think I heard about this one. So, like, it's not bad. But, like, two-thirds of the movie takes place with Gerard Butler handcuffed in a jail cell. And it's like, oh, they had you for, like, an afternoon. Cool. Okay. But, like, he's still in it a lot, just not doing that much. And, like, it's kind of one of those movies that, like, if you watch, like, a dozen movies a year, you'll probably really enjoy it. But if you've seen a bunch of movies, you just know everything that's going to happen, and it kind of, like, takes you out of it. But, uh, you do worse. It's not like, you know, direct-to-DVD garbage or anything. It's like a real movie. But, yeah, I don't know, I was kind of bored, which is the worst-case scenario when you watch a Gerard Butler movie. You know, there's there's all the, all the shit you expect in, like, a dad movie, which is, you know, any movie with this cast, you know? You've got death fake-outs, you've got a literal Chekhov's gun, you've got a different literal Chekhov's gun. Like, it's... it's one of those. It's fine. But, uh, assignment checked off. We're there. I'll probably watch it. At some point, you probably will. It's yeah. on my desktop right now. I'm yeah, you don't, you, know, you don't need to rush to it. It's <clears> fine. <throat> um, speaking of assignments, Parker assigned me a Hellraiser Hellworld. <laughs> yes, dude. Which, wait, which one is that one? Is that the second one? Oh, no, no, this no, is no. the eighth one, I believe. The eighth <laughs> yeah. one? Yeah, They made okay. eight of these? Uh, yeah, so you know, yeah, I know I've seen them. 
When yeah. you're thinking about Tom and Jerry, let's just remember. We're both <laughs> playing with loaded guns here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so basically what happens in this, it starts off at some teenage kid's funeral who, uh, I guess, died while gaming in the Hellraiser <laughs> video game. Oh, um, so, you know, all his friends are there. They're like, oh, man, you know, we, we should have been better friends. We should have stopped them from playing the Hellraiser video game. And then five minutes later, they all receive mysterious invites to a super cool, super secret Hellraiser video game party. So, of course, they're all like, of course, why would we not go to the Hellraiser party? That sounds dope. So they go there, and the host of the party is Lance Henriksen. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie, I like. I, I want to talk about like the middle, like, 50 minutes of this movie, but also it's like dream sequence on top of dream sequence and I never know what's actually happening because it makes absolutely zero fucking sense, but Pinhead shows up a couple times and there's some puzzle boxes so I guess that makes it a Hellraiser movie um I, I, I have never seen any of the rest of these, including the first one, which I guess some people say is good so, uh, my only exposure to Pinhead is this movie and like does he always look like that? Like, yes. what is this fucking Mr. Mime-looking ass, like, horror movie villain? Why does he look like he's CGI in a movie that can't afford CGI? It, why? Why, does, why is this a thing? Let me just pivot now, Chris. Imagine you've seen the first two, correct? I think I saw the first three. Imagine you're yeah, watching, like, three. some stay-alive-ass movie about people playing a haunted video game, and also one of them is a young Henry Cavill. Correct. And then, like, 15 minutes into the movie, <laughs> Pinhead just shows up, but acts and talks like he did in those first couple. Imagine if in the middle of Stay Alive, he's like, you open the box! It <laughs> does not fit even the tiniest bit. It could I, not be more clear that they had a script and went, well, if we don't make one this year, we lose the rights, so good. <laughs> call, call Brad Hill. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. See, the thing that gets me about it is, uh, Alex, you said he looks like he's CGI? Yeah. Well, that's that's not fucking Hellraiser. Hellraiser had some of the best practical effects in terms of art design that I had seen from that era. Okay, well, what? they lost that mask then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> these ethereal, otherworldly beings who travel through dimensions just showing up because these people are gaming too hard at Lance house. <laughs> yeah. It's so good, dude. It's, oh, man. Like, we, you know, we get uh, the reveals... Eventually, we find out that Lance Henriksen drugged all the kids, and that's why they keep coming in and out of these realities where Pinhead is there sometimes and other times not there. Who the fuck knows? But anyway, to get them all there, there was one kid who was too smart to be tricked by the Hellraiser video game party. So Lance Henriksen just catfished him instead. (laughs) (laughs) He got him to show up because he thought he was going to meet a hot girl. Oh my god, he he should have watched the Rashida Jones documentary. (laughs) One of the funniest reveals in the third act of a movie I've ever heard. Like, we're getting Lance Henriksen's, you know, whole, like, villain speech about how, like, the dead kid from the beginning, Lance Henriksen was, like, his strange dad, and, like, his friends didn't take good enough care of his son, so he had to throw this elaborate Hellraiser party to murder all of them. And, uh, it just casually drops, like, yeah, one of your friends was too smart for me, so I catfished him. It was... <laughs> Could you imagine getting catfished by Lance Henriksen? The movie is one of my favorite pieces of lore, that in Lance Henriksen's scene, he's just wearing what he wore when he got off the plane to film this one scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. He oh, got that's play how you make movies, dude. Filmed two scenes and then went back home to make another Bigfoot movie, probably. 
Hell yeah, dude. Hope At least that we probably watch on this podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. If we haven't, we will soon. Uh, Alright, what else we got here? Hey, you guys want to hear about the premiere of the new Dexter season? Oh, absolutely oh, I do. <laughs> hey, uh, hey Parker, do you uh do you want to know what the uh the needle drop over the opening title sequence is as like he's walking into frame, you know, out in his like hunting clothes out in the middle of nowhere? Please tell me it's sympathy for the if double. If you say Psycho Killer, I'm flipping this table. <laughs> you know, it's pretty close. It's Passenger by Iggy Pop. <laughs> Fucking damn it. So yep. we're back, th- just as good as always, huh? Didn't miss so, a So, uh, it's funny, because most of the people I know that have watched this were like, yeah, it was actually pretty decent. Like, they normally don't go off the rails for another couple episodes. Which, like, on one hand is true. On the other hand, for astute viewers such as myself that noticed that, and also... The Swamp Man that I think is supposed to be the Dark Passenger pulling uh, the ghost of Dexter's sister down into an ice fishing hole. Like, there's there's <laughs> enough there for the cheap seats, let me tell you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's the gimmick of this one. Is, uh, um, so, like, his dad is no longer the ghost. His sister is the ghost. Because as you remember, she died because he got her killed. And that's why he left to become a lumberjack. Uh, not a lumberjack. I hear it said out loud. I'm sorry. I know. I know. Not a lumberjack anymore. Now he just works at like some fish and game shop in some like fake town in upstate New York, uh, being haunted by the ghost of his sister. And then his teenage kid shows up. He's like, "Are you my dad?" And uh, so I guess that's gonna be what the season's about. Is uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's apparently been clean of killing for ten years, but then some rich douchebag comes into town and then shoots a deer when Dexter's near it, so Dexter murders him, and then goes, ah, yes, I'm back. I'm a bad guy again. Because, uh, the, 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 the rich kid, I guess, killed some people with a boat. Who the fuck cares? Anyway, Dexter's back. It's basically the same as always. Except now everyone's just running around in snow outfits instead of Miami clothes. Like, Big loss, honestly. Yeah, but also, we'll see. Probably gonna be some real dumbass snowmobile chases out here. You know what I'm here for. That's true. Hey, enjoy, I, buddy. Someone has to. I absolutely won't. But <laughs> I'm texting me all about it. I'm like, yeah, I watched the first season. Sorry. <laughs> I watched person. the first. I watched the first episode of the first season. I was like, wow, that's pretty good. And then I never watched any other. <laughs> I finished the first season. I was like, I really like that. And it's like the whole season two is like, is he gonna get caught? I'm like, well, we're on season five now, so I'm just gonna yeah. not watch this. Yeah, that's uh. That's the correct takeaway, because that is the fatal flaw with the entire rest of the series. Uh, season two of Dexter could be a decent series of TV if you had no knowledge of the rest of Dexter existing. But yeah, like the villain, I mean, not the, obviously not the other killer villain, but like the villain of that season is like the world's greatest serial killer hunter. Well, it's like, okay, well, if this guy didn't catch him, then uh, <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, there's no drama here ever again. And that's pretty much how it went. But, uh, for some reason, it's back now. <laughs> Finally. Everything what? old is back again, baby. Uh-huh. Like Tom and Jerry. <laughs> speaking of old... Speaking of old things. So, I had never seen A Knight's Tale. And, uh... I was like, you know what? I've heard enough good things about this movie. I should just fire it up. Like, let's just... Let's see what's there. You know, normally, I am the first person to hate on anything 
like sword and sorcery, medieval, fucking people jousting and shit, people talking like the most obscenely wealthy British people of old yore that you could imagine. Like, I, it's, it's normally not for me. But uh, I had a blast with this one. I actually thought this was a really fun movie. Uh, I feel like the gimmick of just playing, like, a bunch of, like, high-dollar dad rock songs over your movie works, like, really, really well for this, like, dumbass medieval jousting movie. Like, I did not expect this to be the movie that I heard the boys are back in town in, and yet there it was. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've never seen it for the same reasons you just said. But you saying that has really turned me around very quickly. <laughs> it's like it's it's long and like the story is as simplistic as stories get, but it's a good time because like most of it's just people riffing or dudes walking around while a Queen song plays. Like it's it's it, I feel like if you listen to what I've heard and that sounds even remotely up your alley and you haven't seen it like me, like it's it's worth your time. Oh, but, Paul uh, Bettany has a nude scene. Here we go. Hang on. <laughs> nothing but good things. I forgot about that. Uh, what's not Yeah, that might be in my future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, like, surprisingly fun. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I would think, like, I feel like that's a movie a lot of people have seen, and, like, I just never counted myself as one of them, so I'm glad that I, I could... I think uh, I just know the poster. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen yeah. that poster a million times, so yeah. that is, like, how I became familiar with it. But then, like, yeah. you know, You've Been Measured and Found Wanting has been, like, a thing in pop culture for a while. And mm-hmm. that means, I guess, people have seen this movie. So, um, alright, last thing I'll talk about before I hand off to Parker. So, I know I've briefly mentioned this before, but I sat down and, like, really watched it again for the first time in a while. But, uh... Uh, Supersonic, the uh, documentary about Oasis and their like rise to prominence. Um, really great time if you're into ugly British dudes taking the piss out of each other for two hours. Because, uh, boy, everyone in this movie looks like they're a fucking McPoyle. And everybody talks like <laughs> the chaviest fucking chav you could imagine. Um... Chris, I feel like you'd rather kill yourself than listen to all the Oasis songs that are actually in this because the whole do- Oasis songs? Well, the whole documentary is footage, which is actually my favorite thing about it. Like the whole documentary is footage. Like when people are talking, they put their name on screen, but there's no cutaway to somebody in, in like an interview room, you know. You're not seeing them in the present day. And oh, they is- did Wonderwall. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, on. yeah. And this is this is very much a movie that's, like, about the early 90s and, like, what music was at that time and, like, how it became a thing. So, like, it's kind of cool to not see the old guys because it lets you really just fall into the moment of when this was happening. And also, like, they became a big thing in the early 90s. So, like, everything is on, like, grainy home video and there's just a ton to work from of not just, like, them playing music but also, like, some shot of them just tripping balls in the recording studio. And uh, it really, really, really is a good job of, like, nailing that early 90s vibe that you need for a movie like this to work. Because it's not about any of, like, the downside. It's not about them, you know, being a fucking meteor for three to four years and then just, like, falling off the face of the musical earth. It's about everything that was on the journey up and all of the fights that came with that 
because if, if you if you don't know a single thing about Oasis, the one thing I would say that most people know, other than one or two songs, is that it's a band based around two brothers who fucking hate the shit out of each other, and uh, getting to see that tension come out in this movie, even when they're like clearly not in the same room, just uh, it's wonderful. The amount of anecdotes of them getting into fights, like breaking things over each other's heads and shit, like it's brings the right energy. Brings the energy you want for an early '90s rock documentary. So they don't the play only... the Boiser back in town. <clears throat> that's disappointing. Unfortunately, no. The but, only uh, thing I know about Oasis is Wonderwall, and that those two brothers fucking hate each other. Yeah, even that's I knew that. I one. know. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, didn't they also like feud with Blur or something like that? Yeah, like, and uh, like some of the rock critics don't like that this movie doesn't address that because like it's kind of concurrent with like you know blurs rise in british pop culture i guess but uh it's kind of not the point yeah it's it's a it's a two-hour movie that's basically covering three years of a single band's career and uh i had a great time with it just as i did when i saw it before and uh it's funny because everyone in this movie is very clearly an asshole but like they're assholes in that cheeky British way that, like, it's just fun to laugh at the way they talk and, like, the, the dumb things that they call each other. I, like, I it, definitely it's... can understand what you're saying, it, and that specifically would be the reason that I would watch this rather right. than the music. Yeah, and, like, I think you'd appreciate the documentary craftsmanship, but also, mm-hmm. like, there's several Oasis songs that you hear in, like, solid two-minute clips at, like, certain points in time, and uh, I could see that grading on somebody that didn't actually want to listen to the music. Yeah. But uh, I think it's a really good documentary. I would definitely recommend this one if you're a documentary person. Um, Chris, enjoy. Favorite <laughs> band. Uh, uh, Parker, why don't you go ahead? <clears throat> well, speaking wow. of talentless, <laughs> wow, hey, Chris, <laughs> what? Did you know they made another Paranormal Activity movie? Oh my god! Hey man, um, it fucking sucks. Real bad. <laughs> As None someone of those who movies might, are good. How many someone, is this? <laughs> uh, seven? Seven. As someone who enjoys more of these movies than not, absolutely wretched. First of all, full, like, these movies are full of jump scares. That's kind of the point. But this one has cheap jump scares with loud sound effects that are so much louder than all of the dialogue in the movie. It's just unpleasant to watch. Was this, like, just, straight to video? Oh, straight to Paramount Plus, it's my friend. streaming. Oh, yeah, yeah, well. It's like I'm watching it at night because it's a horror movie, and I'm just spending the whole movie writing the volume because these people are just muttering about demons and shit, and then a door slams, and there's the loud jump scare noise, which, why would that be in found footage? The whole point of found footage is you're recording real events. Why would there be sound effects? And it's so loud, like, I can feel the floor shake beneath me. Like, it's so obnoxious truly unpleasant to watch absolute garbage take these hd cameras throw them in the trash i don't want a found footage movie just to look like a movie but with someone talking to the camera just misses the point of what makes any of these movies interesting at all absolute doo-doo ass could not recommend less don't worry i won't assign it to you there's nothing there <laughs> <You're fine. laughs> thank you bullet dodged <laughs> Until until it's on the list, you know. Yeah. Right. Anything's yeah, right. possible. Yes. We should email the list guy. Yeah. Just... <laughs> it's like we have this friend of ours who's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he like 
not just take some of them off and replace them with garbage, but like make sure they're ones that he's already seen, like just so he has to watch more movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see all some movies from the forties. You can just take those off. No one wants those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, for another movie that Chris will hate, but Alex, you will end up watching Listening. the Forever Purge. Oh man! Oh now. I'm going to make a comparison that's initially going to make you mad, Chris. Now, when I say this, do not unplug your GameCube controller. Do not wind it up and storm off. <laughs> now, do you remember... So, everyone loves They Live, right? Like, that's... Yeah. Without even thinking. Hold on. It's just immediate, oh, it's my Look. top ten. Like, without yeah. even having to think about it. Yeah. At the time, much like the thing, a bunch of shitty reviews like, wow, this is just so surface level. Like the Like, it's not even a metaphor. It's just right there. Like... Which, of course, that's why it works. Yeah. That's kind of what I enjoy about the Purge movies. They go by the mantra of uh, metaphors are for cowards. Everything's just (laughs) out in the open as brazenly as possible. So you better believe the plot of this movie is uh, a bunch of fucking racist white people decide, now we're just going to purify America and just keep purging till all of these fucking illegals are out of here. Yeah. And you know what? I don't need it to be subtle. It's the fifth Purge movie. Just just have them drive around a giant bus with a skull on it that says Purge Purification. I don't want subtlety. Yeah, I've never met a four I didn't like. Nice. You're talking. You deserve that for the They Live commercial. (laughs) (laughs) What I enjoy about it is because like these movies are trash. They're absolute trash. But they're our kind of trash. <laughs> yeah. Careful like, when the, you say our. Yeah, he's talking yeah. to me. Yeah, he knows. Okay. He knows. Okay. So, like, the normal purge happens, right? And then it ends. They're, everyone makes it to safety. They make it overnight. That's 30 minutes into the movie. The next hour is just them <laughs> racing for the border as they're being terrorized by these psychos. Martial law gets instated, and Mexico and Canada are like, you have, like, a day, we're taking anyone who isn't armed, let's go. And it's a mad dash to the border as people are getting gunned down in the streets. It has something I really enjoy, which is, like, during the actual purge in the first half hour, like, we'll get a scene with, like, the A-plot, these people doing this, that, and that, and then we'll just cut to outside, and there's just a random dude being drugged down the street by a motorcycle, and then we just cut to the B-plot. And then we'll cut to someone outside just getting hacked with a machete and then just cut to the A-plot. It'll just pepper in all these random violent crimes happening. <laughs> Fucking owns, dude. It's, I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying... Uh, that's if what you I'm like hearing. any of the Purge movies, you're fucking in. It's I have solid. somehow never seen one. Oh, what? Buddy. Really? Dude, I don't know. There, I, I will... I'll tell you this. I don't think you're gonna like them. <laughs> I am very stupid, Chris. We'll see what our what our teams yeah. decide for. Us. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we will. So I decided to do a fun little thing for myself. So we watched Darkman, a vibrant, colorful, exciting comic book movie. Oh look, Black Widow's free on Disney Plus. Let's just go ahead and finally cross this off months later. Boy, I. I think we've talked about this before, how much we don't like coming on here and going like, man, that was a movie. But it is so aggressively mediocre in every way. Like, there's just nothing to say about it? Like, even if... I would have a hard time hearing people say that they hate it, because that's a strong emotion. This elicits no strong emotions from me. 
It is a movie that was on. I was present for. I followed it from A to B to C to D. And then it was over and I went, yeah, sure. That's fine. Uh, the weirdest part is Scarlett Johansson is the least interesting character in her own movie by a significant margin. <laughs> the character is never she... interesting. Correct. I would much rather just keep watching David Harbour do a horrendous Russian accent. Which is much more interesting <laughs> every time. Good. Every Hell time yeah. he's on screen, I'm like, I don't know if this is good, but I'm captivated. It's a real clear-cut example of how Marvel just, uh, before anything gets filmed or cast, they've just already got people working on the action scenes, which has been a thing people have known for a couple years now, because I'm not saying it's the most captivating plot in the world, but, like, I don't mind the scenes where they're sitting down and talking and having conversations about being a family and what was taken from them and all that stuff. And then it's just, okay, jump cut to obvious stunt double in a car and this is loud and it's real dumb and everything's cut to shit and it's real shaky it looks bad great let's just pepper in four or five more of those and we've got a tight two hours and 15 minutes baby jesus Ugh. christ not real it's <sighs> like it's not good and scarlett johansson isn't particularly good in it but also i totally get her suing disney like she's been there since movie three i would be so fucking mad can you imagine how many points she's making on the back end that they fucked her out of by throwing that on streaming? I would be livid. Yeah. But, uh, I just, I hadn't watched it because I wasn't even going to bother pirating it just because I could not care less. And it was free on there. I was like, alright, let's just do this. Might as well do it just to get it out of the way because I'm just a consumer sitting waiting for next product. And Yep. That's yeah. you. It sure is. <laughs> uh... Ask me in two days from now what I think about it. I'm just going to stare at you with my mouth agape. <laughs> Drool's going to come out of my mouth. Just not... Not even not good. Just not anything. Just truly a movie. The most two-star movie of all two-star movies to ever exist. There are satisfying bright colors and loud sounds. And then I clapped at the end because I recognized a character. The end. So let's end this on a more positive note. Thank you. A ninja movie that does not feature any rape. Which is, of oh, course, hell yeah. um, American Ninja 2. Colon, <laughs> the confrontation. <laughs> I forgot I did this. Now, before I describe the plot of the movie, let me just relay my experience early on. So I turn it on, and I'm sitting in my bed eating a snack like a little piggy, as one does. And in the first five minutes, there's this big bar fight. These, uh, I think their army guys are there, and this huge biker gang comes in, and they're they're really getting at each other, and they start having just a real canon films fight. Real good stuff. I drop a couple crumbs, as I do, because I'm snacking like a piggy. Dog comes up to try and get it. I look down for five seconds to be like, hey, get the fuck away from me, you can't eat that. I look up, the bikers are now standing off to the side as ninjas are carrying the unconscious army guys off. <laughs> that is the experience of watching American Ninja 2. <laughs> you look away for a second, and then there's ninjas. <laughs> So this film is about uh, a couple of army rangers uh, returning for into the show, Dudikoff. My favorite <laughs> name in film history. Dudikoff is my hero. I forgot about Dudikoff. The two guys from the first American Ninja reprise their roles because uh, Marines keep disappearing from their posts at the U.S. Embassy in vague Caribbean islands. Don't worry about it. And they're trying to figure out, like, all right, where are they going? I don't know. We'll send these guys. 
only to uncover that uh, a heroin kingpin who's known as the Lion has been kidnapping them and having them brainwashed to join his army of super ninjas. That is correct. <laughs> this is the greatest movie of it. <laughs> Now, Chris, you might be asking, what is a super ninja? Fantastic question. <laughs> so, there's a doctor that's uh, creating this thing to, like, heal people, make them stronger, heal the crippled, make blind people see. And, and this guy's like, yeah, cool, but what if I put that into these ninjas? And he does. That guy is a real hero, okay? <laughs> Every ten minutes... Wherever these characters are, it does not matter if they're in a nightclub, in the alley, at a fucking festival somewhere. Every ten minutes, ninjas show up and there's an elaborate fight scene. Yes! You can set your fucking watch to it. <laughs> there is a humongous car chase that ends with a ninja being dragged by the bumper and then everyone bails out of the car and it drives into a gas station and explodes. <laughs> There's no way it was less than a third of the entire budget of the movie. Because that thing goes up in fucking flames. <laughs> uh, near the end of the movie, we get uh, the evil drug lord, which is just a white guy in a suit, of course. Giving the giant fucking Alec Baldwin and Team America speech. And he's talking about building the greatest drug empire in the world. And it's a slow pan out of him to like show the size of the building he's in. And when he's done, it cuts to the other side and you just see the crowd... It's just a bunch of super ninjas. <laughs> and then our heroes come in to free the marines and have a gigantic brawl with all the ninjas. Uh, highlights me party with all your favorite fictional characters. Absolutely. Uh, is when our hero Dudikoff is fighting the evilest evil ninja. It's a stalemate. And then the ninja just pulls out a shotgun. <laughs> Five stars, strong recommend. Everyone should watch all five, is it, American Ninja movies? Basically. There's debatably a sixth. But, uh... I did not expect it to slap just as hard as the original, if not more so. (laughs) It is. incredibly good. It is probably the best of the five. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Thank you for this. (laughs) I will remember this graciously as I sign you more dog shit. (laughs) So yeah, um, pretty bad week as it turns out. But you know, I finished watching American Ninja on my phone on the toilet minutes before recording. So I'm Hell riding yeah, high dude. right now. That's the way the director <laughs> intended. So. You know what? Tubi is the greatest app that's ever been invented and we owe them everything. And you can't imagine how many shark movies are on there. Just Look, here's the thing. There. I may I may complain about the advertisements on Tubi TV, but they did give us Wildman. And for that, I am thankful. So much. Dude, is Tubi the one where you can't search on PS4? Or is that, uh... I... Oh, I think you might be correct. I don't know. One of them you can't search, and whichever one that one is. They the other one is themselves. what, Voodoo, right? Voodoo I, Yeah, like Voodoo something. and, uh... I, think I don't know which one it is, but I know what you're talking about. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It, it, or maybe Pluto? I don't know, they're so fucking... Maybe Pluto, Pluto can fuck know. off. Yeah. All my Sounds like Pluto. It, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a planet anymore. Alright, let's talk about Darkman. Darkman, directed by Sam Raimi, released in 1990, and starring, of course, Liam Neeson. This is easily uh, the least racist Liam Neeson movie we've done for this show. Yeah, so far. <laughs> well, 
Okay, ever. Uh, <laughs> Liam Neeson is in this all six foot four Scottish of him. And uh, apparently they wanted to cast Bruce Campbell as the lead role, but the studio said, no, we want an established star like Liam Neeson in 1990. Uh, I have to admit, I don't know what Liam Neeson did before this to make him the established <laughs> guy. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, good. Fantastic. Uh, anyway, I, his performance in this is... Uh, I'll, I'll definitely... Well, maybe we'll get around to it a bit later, but... What I know Liam Neeson for is, in his really bad movies, and in most of his normal movies, he usually gives a very bored performance. He usually doesn't look like he's trying very hard. Uh, the last movie I saw him try really hard in was, I think, Rob Roy. But uh, for the most part, he's usually kind of, like, flat in his movies. This one, quite the opposite. He is absolutely going for it. And I'm very happy. Uh, the other thing is, Parker, you call this a comic book movie, and uh, that's... I can see why, because it looks like this is based on the comic, but in fact, this is an original character. This is based on a short story that Sam Raimi wrote. Uh, could have fooled me, because <laughs> the first thing I got done was this, is like, I want to buy the first issue of Darkman, just, you know, see what it's all about. Turns out, uh, it just looks this way. It's like, I'm trying to do something here. So, I, I wanted to say, like, if this was based on a comic book, then, like, this came out one year after the first Batman movie, right? It'd be like, oh, no wonder it took him, like, until 2002 for a real comic book movie with Spider-Man. Also directed hey, by Sam Raimi. do you think he saw that Batman movie? Just curious. <laughs> he wanted to direct it. He was apparently on the shortlist there, like, no, no, no. Tim Burton will do it. And after it, I'll show them. Yeah. What can we call him? What can we yeah. call our not-Batman well, first, uh, first thing, uh, similarity between the two movies, both of them had Danny Elfman as the composer, and boy, sure you, can tell in, you can tell in this one, man, <laughs> every <laughs> single scene is like, boom, chum, boom, chum, boom, chum, boom. <laughs> Hey, you know those unused songs you had? Can you just, uh... Yeah, we'll, we'll find a use for them now, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll give you half your going rate if you just send me those files. So, Parker, I, I want to see if you can do a little sound effect for me, because I don't have this one on my voice mic. Can you do the sound effect that you made when you saw Ted Raimi on the screen? <laughs> I can't. Unfortunately, I cannot replicate the screech I made with polite company. <laughs> Just seeing him realizing, like, oh, man, he's going to get fucking murdered, isn't he? <laughs> also, I uh, wasn't expecting the... the the body count in this movie that we got? That oh, was a yeah. surprise. Yeah, yeah. This was, one, I yeah. believe we got a, an R rating on this one, not just because there's uh, two uses of the F word, but, uh, yeah, quite some, uh, quite some kills here. Now, I, I want to talk about the vision here. It really looks like he nailed the comic book vision like, how many, 12 years before Spider-Man came out? Like, one of the p things that people say, ignorant people, say about the first Spider-Man movie is like, oh, it looks so cheesy, it looks like it's a comic book. I'm like, yeah, I know, that's that's the fun of it, you know? I that's why so. it's yeah. good. Yeah. It's, it looks like something. Yeah, this movie looks like his idea of a comic book. I, I bet if I had actually watched Dick Tracy before this, which is still sitting on my hard drive, then like I'd say, yeah, that's the way it's supposed to look. That's what he was going for. This is intentional. And I really like the way that it looks in this movie. People can complain about the special effects and the decisions that were made here. I think this is classic Sam Raimi. This is what I'm looking for. So I guess people's mileage may vary here. But as far as visuals go, I really liked it. I just watched Black Widow. If they complain, they're wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the movie looks fucking horrible. How do these movies cost so much money? And they look so shit. I don't get it. 
So, uh, let's talk about that prosthetic leg machine gun. Oh, (laughs) my God. Could not be into a movie quicker. Holy shit. And not just that, but it's the guy who looks like... uh, The guy from the Warriors with the three bottles is the one who pulls it off and shoots them all while going, Yeah! This is, uh... (laughs) It is unfortunate that this movie is all downhill from this scene, because this scene fucking rules. <laughs> what an absolute blast of a fucking scene. You know what I want to see? Big dockside looking soundstage where a bunch of dudes with guns walk in and there's a bunch of other dudes with guns waiting for them. That scene oh, yeah. literally works every time. See, that's the thing about the scene is after this scene, we have the opening title and the credits and stuff. It was like, this is Darkman. It's like Darkman wasn't even in that scene. But it still works, because I think like a lot of other superhero movies will be like, this is the opening scene, and here's the hero, and then you get the titles and everything. Here it's about, no, 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 we're going to set the mood, we're going to set the tone, we're going to set the atmosphere, here's the setting, this is horror crime that's going on in the city, this is what Darkman has to contend with. And it uh, works for me. I really liked it. It also, I, I gotta tell you, dude, the Darkman soundtrack, or the theme song at least, it really reminded me of the one Danny Elfman song in Army of Darkness. <laughs> It's like, sure and, it did. yeah, well, also, that everything reminds me of Army of Darkness, so maybe I'm biased in that way. Getting some real Army of Darkness vibes from this conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, man, it, you know, better to have Army of Darkness vibes than Boss Baby vibes. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this is, we, the next thing we see is the source for that, why, 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 uh, yes. why, Jeff? My favorite part, the 40 minutes of origin story and romance. You know what? It it sort of sort of worked for me. It was okay. Uh, Francis McDormand is in this as uh, his girlfriend, and I guess she's just always been good. I like her here. I like yeah. her in basically everything I've ever seen her in. Uh, she's in this because she was, I believe, at this time married to one of the Cohen brothers, not the one who directed Garfield, and they were good friends with. Uh, <laughs> with Sam so, I some... love that I can say which one, and you don't know which thing I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this anyway so <laughs> uh, like monday to anybody else yeah <laughs> anyway so she's a lawyer with a business factory and there's a thing and she finds like hey it looks like some payoffs are going on here i think i'm gonna go up to this guy and accuse him to his face and uh see how that goes oh, and the move. bad the bad guy sends some hired goons <laughs> to uh I guess they just tracked her to Liam Neeson's secret Frankenstein lair. And uh, they beat him up and indeed ventilate his friend, Ted Raimi, shaking with that, like, 1800s gold engraved pistol <laughs> they put to his head. <laughs> Great tweet when they get that thing off the streets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about the lighting in the scene. The lighting is fantastic. It's just setting up, these are the bad guys. It's <laughs> like, oh, damn. The- the bad guy's shadow lighting a big cigar. Oh, yeah. It's like, damn, I thought they were going to be heroes after the opening scene. Uh, anyway, uh, he gets dunked into the slime from, I don't know, every every single movie I've ever seen, I guess. <laughs> it's so fucking gratuitous. He gets drowned for like a minute and a half. Yeah. They're, they're fucking dunking him. Ah, <laughs> ah. They're giving him a swirly in Michael Jordan's secret stuff. Also, who dubbed over those yells? Because it sure shit wasn't Liam Neeson. Dude, I, I actually have the answer to that. It should be pretty obvious. That was Bruce Campbell's yell. 
Of course. They actually they brought him in to do some uh, some other screams. That was him. <laughs> also, those screams are really good. Those are really like, <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy those. They they just dump him in the secret stuff and. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, this is that's the one time you can cut that sound effect because the, the lab blows up and he gets lost through the window and the scream goes like and then he gets cut off as he lands in the water. <laughs> His burning body, it's so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> and uh the the scene of Frances McDormand standing there with the blue screen behind her dissipates into like the funeral background and she's just in the black clothes. It's like this is a sign of things to come. This is what we are going for visually. Uh, I don't know. I actually really like. I fucking love special effects, you guys, especially yeah. these kinds. Uh, this movie's gorgeous. It really is. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for any complaint, the for the amount of times in the next like twenty minutes of talking about this movie that I'm just gonna say Batman's parents over and over, like this movie's gorgeous. Like you, yeah. you can feel free to ignore that part if you're very yeah. into the visual medium of, of film. Like, yeah. So, so plot well, what stuff if it was here? shot on a green screen and then yeah. they just put it all in six months later and then wrote a story around it? That's pretty cool yeah. to you guys. And He's then they reference a movie from the real world and talk about the audience. Oh, good. So, oh. yeah, that just oh. happened. <laughs> oh! I've had a day. <laughs> oh, Dark Man's right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> oh, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Liam Neeson is a uh, scientist, and what he's trying to do is trying to recreate, like, skin stuff. And it's like, but the skin cells only will stay together in the light. For and he has a limit of ninety nine minutes. Does this movie is this movie's runtime ninety nine minutes? Because that would have been like a it's fun little thing. Pretty close. It's not <laughs> yeah. over ninety nine. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Right. Yeah. Good. God bless you, Raymond. Uh, secret you. vampire movie. Sam, come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, you have to keep the skin cells in the dark, and he's so he's got most of his skin burned off, uh, and he can bear, he can't feel anything in his hands or face. Uh, so he's really just li- uh, relying on his emotions, and his emotions are making him stronger. I think it's the subtext of what that one scientist is saying. All right, that's uh, not real. Fellas, if you're listening, just uh, disregard the message of this movie. Okay. So, uh, he, <laughs> so he escapes his restraints due to being naturally strong because he eats his vegetables and uh, tries to look for Francis McDormand because, hey, who would not not to? You know? And he... Uh, He's like, oh no, I'm ugly, and I, because my face got burned off and everything. So he's like, oh, okay, got a good idea. I'll make a skin graft of my own face based off this one picture. And it almost seems like there's a fake out dramatic moment here because some of that picture is burned off. He's like, oh, no, no. And then he just goes into the computer and takes like the side of his face that isn't burned off and just copies and pastes it over there. It's like, oh. Anyone could have done that, really. <laughs> you imagine if all his masks look like those fucking Will Smith picture edits? <laughs> so uh he's it's gonna take a long time for me. tiny eyes and nose <laughs> it's just a charlie kirk face thing <laughs> nice to mole you <laughs> so uh he has to wait a long time for the face to be recreated and he decides that he will spend this time getting revenge the first person he goes after is ted raimi because sam knows what we want and he takes ted raimi down to the sewers 
and is like dunking him in sewer water, which I guess is about as bad as the caustic liquid that burned off his face. But even better, he like he's fucking throwing him up through the manhole, just like dunking his face, so he's just popping open like whack a mole while like cars are driving by. And you just see Ted Raven going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I told you no, I swear. Then he gets run over by a truck. I kept thinking like, oh, are they gonna, are they gonna pull back? Is he gonna like pull him back down and get interrogate him more? Absolutely no, not. Is no, the no, no. This is a movie for grownups, sort of. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is a scene that happens next, but I think I want to fill in here. At some point, he gets more uh, skin grafting ability. He gets like the the bald guy's uh, face, who's one of the gang members, and. Uh, he, t- you know, impersonates him and, like, messes around with his body. Meanwhile, the real bald guy gets killed by the boss with the cigar and the cutting off the cigar thing. And uh, he between, gets thrown through that window. <laughs> between these fucking masks and the guy cutting people's fingers off with a cigar, this is just Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is, like... A good one. Oh, yeah. yeah one I know where yeah. John Woo got it all from. Yeah. Literally every fucking plot point. Sorry, let's talk about this... Fucking minute and a half long throw out the window. Yeah, dude. <laughs> ordinarily, I don't like slow motion in my move. In sorry, ordinarily, I don't like slow motion in my movies unless it's Zack Snyder. But when he gets thrown through that window, it's seriously, it's like the I can't elongate the Tom yell, but it's like the longest. Ah! It's. <laughs> like you know like when you watch like a 90s action movie and they have one huge explosion and they show it from like six different angles because they know it looks cool and you can yeah. just get away with that in the 90s because you gotta fill time it's like that except like we don't see him hit the ground in any of the takes it just appears right. that he's falling the entire time <laughs> just yelling with a different camera angle it's so good it's great because when he lands on that car someone looks at him, ah! and then she looks over and there's Liam Neeson in bald guy face and she's like ah! <laughs> she just runs away and it's like that's every character in this movie that's just the way that I like it <laughs> just that fall with Leonard Cohen playing <laughs> <laughs> so uh we gotta talk about the circus freak dance uh he goes back to his so Frankenstein weird. lair <laughs> he goes back to his Frankenstein lair and the cat doesn't like him anymore because he doesn't look like himself and he's all covered up and he's like what do I look like do I look like a freak to you do I look like a circus freak and he puts like this metal funnel on his head oh, I'm a circus freak oh, I'm a circus freak circus freak and, and, and so king in the castle <laughs> I was thinking more Freddy got bigger, but really, this is one of the ones where you're just like, of course this role really was meant for Bruce Campbell. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is something we're never going to see Liam Neeson ever do again. We're never going to see him put in this kind of effort, or we're never going to see him put effort into a movie like he does here. You know, and uh, it's just kind of nice to see that at one point he did try. Uh, although I can safely say I can see why Francis McDormand and Sam Raimi somewhat clashed on this movie. Can you imagine what he was trying to get her to do? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i got your pages for today uh no rewrite it not do- yeah <laughs> so he's uh busy taking his revenge on the other members of the gang who uh really fucked him over including the guy with the cigar uh thing and he goes to a convenience store he goes to a bodega i guess and just robs it, it looks straight at the camera and says i'm the bad guy this is really me this is who i am which feels like something out of trailer park boys <laughs> this is a real Ricky kind of plot line. Yeah. 
Uh, so he's busy getting everyone in trouble, but good news is his face is done. So he can put on his face mask, uh, the rubber thing there, and he's got new hands and everything. And he can see Francis McDormand. And uh, guys, if you want to approach a woman, A, don't listen to this podcast, but B, don't run up to them when she's at the gravestone for you and say, it's me, I'm alive again. Because... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Turns out they don't take it that well. So, all right, so and, allow me to allow me to make a counterpoint here. Okay. Great tactical play if you don't know where she's going to be at, because either she shows up and you can pull that, or she doesn't show up and it was never going to work out anyway. It's a win-win. Okay, all right. Well, good news is Francis McDormand takes it anyway because she missed him enough to be like, okay, all right, he's just alive again. You know, God doesn't exist. So they decide they will go on a nice date, and they go on a nice date to the carnival. The next 45 minutes of the show are going to be dedicated to the carnival scene. My yeah. god. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I was beside myself when I first watched this. And the second time I watched it. Uh, this is incredible. He, uh, I, I, what is he? he tells uh, Francis McDormand that, uh, was there anyone else? Did you ever love anyone but me? And she's like, well, he comforted me, danced with me once, and uh, it's kind of about it. He's like, oh, great. Oh, happy day. Oh, I'm alive well, again. We gotta, oh. we gotta back up here about All why right. this scene happens, which is okay. him on the verge of revealing his horrible facial defect to her, and then looking over where Chekhov's <laughs> freak show is playing out, what and a dude with a scale face and a leash is just like, hopping around like a fucking monkey. He looks like Billy from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> like is that guy is. like did that guy also get dunked in the sauce like what happened He's I don't know halfway through a werewolf transformation and we never <laughs> acknowledge it yeah it's horrifying and, and Liam Neeson just goes oh the cruelty towards the ugly in our society it's like dude I already saw the elephant man what are you doing also for real is he okay what is that? I guess we will never know. Anyway, he's very happy. He no longer cares about the freak. Look at the freak. So he decides, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna win her a prize. Oh, all right, give me three of your best softballs. I'm going to throw them at the metal milk jugs. And he Chris, this is a great one. Richard Nixon, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I was not even, I don't even know. I wasn't even close to uh, Liam Neeson here. But then again, Liam Neeson doesn't even sound like Liam Neeson in the scene. He's uh, doing <laughs> again, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like, hone your Richard Nixon. You've got it. All right, you gotta you gotta breathe like you weigh a hundred more pounds than you do. Like it's it's, it's tough. So anyway, I can teach he, you. It's easy. Thank you. <laughs> so he he makes it on the third one. He knocks him over, but the guy says that he's over the line. But we never see his feet. This is one of those things where it's left to the audience's interpretation. Goodell won't show us the replay. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's it's something you have to see it in live gameplay. You know, no rewinds allowed. So no coaches challenges, and it zooms in on his eyeball. And we go deep inside his pupils to see, I mean, it really is like this, just this comic book shit of him losing his mind. And it's so visually interesting. And it's something, I don't know if I've ever seen it in another movie before. I just like it the way, it looks like one of those I spy books going on in his head. <laughs> so, so here's the like, so, so I agree, the scene owns, but like, here's the thing with this scene. Like, what is his power? He just has numb hands. Like he just gets mad and punches somebody, but he's still a regular dude. Like, well, okay, Again, I don't. I, I'm missing something. I feel I'm like I'm missing something. Okay, I'll tell you what you're missing. The idea here is that uh, when he was in the full body cast, when he was in the hospital, he got magical uh, powers. No, he didn't get magical powers. Well, sort of. Uh, 
he, he lost the ability to feel through his hands and his face, right? And I guess he couldn't smell or taste because he's just locked up like that, too. And he probably couldn't see very well. That woman, uh, that, that female scientist came in, she said, you know, we treat them the best we can. We talk to them, try to help them through things. But because they lose uh, most of their senses, they have to rely on other senses. And the only sense that they have is their emotions. You may recall this is not actually a sense, but it's a movie. So you just have to go with it. And because they rely hey, on their heightened minute. emotions, uh, this makes them much stronger. This is not like Gabriel and Malignant, but more like when a, when a, a mother loses her child underneath a car and she gains the ability to like lift the car i think it's like a thing about like i don't know uh, adrenaline or something like that and that is his superpower so to speak i guess the other like the real superpower would be it's sort of like a batman thing where he has the money and resources to create mass of other people and then he can assume their identity yeah as so, far so as, like, he's his just ability... he's just yeah. like a cucked version of the hulk with a 3d printer right yeah i guess okay uh, yeah, I just want to make sure I'm not, like, yeah. missing some lore, you know? Yeah, well, I, this is the original movie, so, um... Well, I, there's... <laughs> lore? I don't know. Yeah. yeah hey, Chris, well... uh, quick question. All right. Do you think Liam Neeson's Gabriel was the one walking the streets looking to beat up black people? What is that a reference to? Oh, was that... Oh, God, I... Oh, no. God, it's been years. Oh. Forgot about that. Well, that's going at the start of this podcast. Fuck! <laughs> I'm gonna, right, gonna bump the Yoda thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna overlay them. One's gonna be left channel. One's gonna be right channel. Find a black man. I must. <laughs> and I'm gonna cut that. So anyway, and leave that. So <laughs> making decisions on the fly here. So. Uh, yeah, anyway, he loses his absolute shit, and he wants that pink elephant, and he grabs it from the guy, and he's like, take the fucking elephant! Him <laughs> yelling at her to take the fucking elephant is what really... And we got like a, up it's like a fisheye lens shot of Francis Norton going, oh, oh, what, what's going on? And then his face starts bubbling. <laughs> he looks like a large Marge screaming at her to take the elephant. Ladies, if you're listening, uh, lady, if you're listening, has this ever happened to you on a date? Have you ever had a worse Hello? experience on a date than this? <laughs> Am I the asshole? My date shoved the elf in my arms and screamed at me, and his face started smoking. Anyway, we're seeing each other again on Thursday. Do you <laughs> Should think I talk the- to him about this? Do you think this is how the Saints fans felt when they heard that their uh, their lawsuit wasn't going to go to court? <laughs> He's got personality. <laughs> well, <laughs> now. <laughs> so uh, Francis McDormand goes to his Frankenstein lair and discovers uh, nitric acid or something like that. And she's just like, why didn't you tell me? And I'm just like, well... I don't know. How it was it. probably the four scenes where he said, "You wouldn't love me if I was still ugly." So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe that's why. Let's yeah, never address that again. So, um, he decides he will take revenge on everyone else in the gang. Uh, I didn't take many notes on this because I was having too good of a time watching it. Uh, how does he dispatch these people? Oh, yeah, there's the mask under the mask thing. I, uh, <laughs> I did appreciate that. Yeah, that was really <laughs> good. That was a very, that was a very Anchebedissa moment. So, uh, <laughs> God, not. <laughs> 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 
It was it was really good. I uh, I like that scene, especially because that's how the guy who looks like David Patrick Kelly is killed. Uh, and uh, then he escapes. Uh, there's so much green screen in this, <laughs> and I I don't know if like Sam Raimi was like upset about that because apparently he sort of distanced himself from this movie. He's like, you know, at some point the studio kind of took over and they made changes that I didn't like, and I can understand that, but like. Visually, I like the way that it looks. It's just like, oh, those are green screens. Like, yeah, I know, but like, I also know it's a movie, and I know he's not really there, so it's okay. Look, like, like I, those I, green I don't know, screens I like are bad, but also they blew the fuck out of that building. And we oh can't, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, they did. we yeah. can't discount that for one yeah. second. So, uh, final kill. They're up on the girders, and I actually uh, kind of like this scene. I think it's got decent drama to it yeah. I, I knew we're it just skipping good. right over that dude just shooting a grenade launcher at the bridge for like five oh yeah minutes. forgot about that and thank you yeah the helicopter we gotta, yeah we gotta talk about that whole helicopter is really good with a grenade launcher considering he's firing from a helicopter but How also the be? helicopter explosion is like oh. which one <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love helicopters it made my tummy so feel all warm <laughs> just thinking <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's multiple to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't even need to eat it. Well, that's not too good. I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they're up on the girders there, and the wind's whipping around. It's like, yeah, you know, five inches thick. It's 650 feet down! <laughs> <laughs> I just love Sam Raimi like, getting Spider-Man and be like, you know, not a lot of people saw that one movie I did. What if, what if I just did this again? Yeah. <laughs> Except I had all of New York show up to fight the goblin. Yeah, and also it's better. So, I maybe this is a skipping to the end here, but I've talked about what my favorite cameos are in movies, and I usually go with Christopher Guest in Little Shop of Horrors, but seeing Bruce Campbell at the very end of this, I gotta admit, I, I really, really like that. And that's only for personal reasons, because I like Rob Tappert, Sam Raimi, and Bruce Campbell, of course, but... Just seeing him there is like, yeah, you know what? Sam did win against the studio. He was able to cast Bruce Campbell as Darkman, even if it's only for a brief second. So I, I really like that. Yeah, the only problem with that is uh, I, I see that scene and I'm just like, oh, fuck, better movie. Oh, Which, yeah. Honestly, I know is the point, yeah. but uh, yeah. reminding me of that in the movie, you know, it's like, oh, oh, man, come on. Yeah, We're going to yeah. end on a good note here. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Oh, man. Well, oh, what a douchebag. <laughs> All right, fucked up. <laughs> oh, uh, rocket yeah. loses to Lars. <laughs> Seriously, you guys? Seriously? Yeah. So yeah, I. <laughs> so yeah, we all really liked it, and we're talking about the Rocket Power Loss episode, <laughs> as we are about... apropos to do. I thought about the helicopter sequence a lot because this is made after Evil Dead Two, and I just think about the nightmare shoots that were those movies. I just kept wondering. How did no one die? <laughs> Thank God Bruce Campbell wasn't in this movie. Bruce Campbell was. from it. He would have hung up from that helicopter and did 45 takes. Oh my God. Can you imagine Francis McDormand trying to make one of the Evil Dead movies? You want me to what? No. That's not idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well. Movie. Well. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Very sad. Wow. <laughs> Game of games! Three thirty in the fucking Um 
<laughs> All right, let's get to the records first and foremost. Cause, uh, oh, I wish we wouldn't. Oh, this is a good one. You know, we had uh, 13 games this week. I think. Maybe 14. Uh... Yeah, okay, we had 14 games this week. Um, turns out my team's won seven of them, so that's not great for you guys. But, uh, you know, someone's got to be second and someone's got to be last. Now, uh... Parker, you got you got some uh, some clutch performances from your bird teams and also the Giants and also your Denver Broncos. Hell yeah, Chris, uh, you got a Jaguars win, which is you know a great omen if more than one of your other teams won this week. So, yeah, uh, I thought you said all of our teams did well this week. I just pulled open the spreadsheet and that's only two <laughs> I, green spaces. So all of, all of my teams did well this week. Well, you oh, had those two that's... teams on bye, like they didn't lose. Like that's. So, uh, because you were in last, you are, uh, going to be subject to the cat movie space that I believe you named. So, uh, uh, maybe it was somebody else. I don't know. Yeah, well, well, yeah, yeah, that was me. And you know what? Whatever that means to you. Yeah. Whether it be an actual cat or cat Dennings, your favorite actress. Oh yeah, cat Dennings. I forgot she was in <laughs> Whatever movies. cat crosses your mind. Cat is uh, short for Carrot it's Top. It's like <laughs> orange one that loves lasagna. Carl Or what if there were two of them and one was British? You know, just food for thought. Yeah, man, but, what uh, if? We suck if someone uh, had to watch that. What if I fucking died? Well, anyway, I have to assign a movie to Chris. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you were talking about Liam Neeson sleepwalking his way through movies. And if there's one thing that I know you love in movies, it's terrible accents. So, uh, you are going to watch Next of Kin, which is a movie where the only thing rivaling Liam Neeson's Kentucky accent is Patrick Swayze's Kentucky accent. You will enjoy Congratulations. Yeah, you <laughs> will have a time. Maybe watch this with your dad. Okay. I'm sure he's seen it, but... Alright, what else do we have here? Now. Uh, now! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, uh... So here's the thing. I didn't watch Boomer this week, I forgot. But, uh... Uh, I do have some uh, some alternative games we can play, uh, you know, in his honor. You know, I, I think he wouldn't want us doing the fastest three minutes in dice rolling this week with some of the speed seen around the league. So, um, okay, so let's play a game. <laughs> Except that no one's going to hear it for three weeks. Okay. Now. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, uh, first things first. Let's play a game. Uh, Parker, give me a number of Dragon Balls. Three. Three. All right. Chris, give me a number of Dragon Balls. One. All right. Two. Okay. So Parker has three. Chris has two. I'm gonna roll this d6 for mine because I know what's coming. What the fuck? Alright, that's six. That's not what I was looking for. So anyway, what it was was the greediest person was going to be punished by Shenron. So, uh... I guess that's me, because I rolled a six, which is the highest number of those. So, uh, you guys each get a Dragon Ball. Let me add those to your count. Uh, and, uh... Alright. Combine, combine your brains, figure out a movie that I have to watch. 
Parker, I have an idea. Would you oh, like me to? The floor is yours, sir. Okay. I don't like how this is uh, going. Alex, uh, <laughs> ha- are you familiar with the movie Precious? Are you serious, dude? No, I'm not going. I'm not going to sign <laughs> okay, you. Precious. Okay. Are you familiar with it? Okay. Yes. Based I, on I, the awful okay. push by Sapphire. No. Yes. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> What's the thing that's been in my brain for some reason? How the fuck did you? Years. Well, it is in fact based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Okay, so it was kind of like this indie movie that was bought by this uh, husband and wife combo, and they were like, they read the the book, and they're like, we can make a movie out of that, and they worked as producers, I guess, and it was a hit. They won a whole bunch of awards and stuff. They're like, okay, let's do this again, and they purchased the rights to a book that was turned into a mo- into the movie. Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer. Judy Moody and the (laughs) Not Bummer. I'm going to hate this, aren't I? (laughs) Oh, probably. This is one of the movies that played at the Regal where Josh and I worked. And we did not like doing theater checks during this movie. Oh, that's (laughs) not what I wanted to hear. Well, um, okay, I guess let's see what (laughs) the other dice have. Uh-oh. I mean, uh, Heather Graham's in it, you know. She's uh, an actress. No one else is. I don't even want to roll these dice. Like, there's nothing that's going to make me... Anyway. Um, well... Oh, no. <laughs> it's like how girls can tell different facial expressions with, like, we know different kinds of... Well... <laughs> Okay, you want the good news or the bad news first? Whichever is the right order, because these always have an order. I, I, I don't make the rules, man. All right. shouldn't run to us. The good news is one of us is safe. The bad news is... <laughs> it's Chris. Why did I... <laughs> I don't know why I... Weed rat. I don't know why I give these spaces lore. But it's like, oh, this is the space where two of us got caught in the Gruden email chain, and the other one gets to assign us a movie as punishment. (laughs) I told him I didn't do this. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see who the lucky not John Gruden emailer is. Alright, well, it's me, so I'm happy about that. But, oh, good. Uh, I got. I was not expecting to win that, so I gotta think oh, of. Shit. I gotta think of some movies. But uh, in the meantime, let's uh, go ahead and uh, throw some teams onto the uh, the wheel for the uh, game of games. The backstory. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> All right. So let me uh, let's get some teams out of here right now. Parker, you're gonna give up your Ravens. Uh, I'm gonna give up my Texans. Chris, you're gonna give up the bills, I guess. Um. All right, each of you can pick one of the others' teams to throw into the pot. Okay. Uh, Dolphins too. Get rid of Parker's Lions. Damn it. Oh, let's go ahead and get those Rams in there. All right. The reigning MVP. That's what. Super Bowl champion. That's seven teams. Be... Do I need one more? Okay. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. You've given up three because you gave up the cat movie space, which, by the way, you can rename if you have something. Oh, uh, let's let's make this into the John Waters space. John Waters. Is that like any Johns or any Waters? Like, no, like it's anything John about an ocean Waters. or? Okay. 
That's a fair question. I it's I mean we can ask Shenron, but um, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll be nice, Parker. You can pick one of my teams. None of them are very good. <laughs> no, I guess the Chargers. <clears throat> They're that not going to let me down in a crucial scenario. Probably best team. Yeah, that was a really um, good list and... of boys. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw your Buccaneers in then, because you took a good one from me. That's that's nine, right? I'm gonna go to the wheel. Now. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Get that uh, wheel spin sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> Wrong oh, crazy that that happened again. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Well, uh, anyway, in the uh, the big game of games shuffle, Chris received the Buccaneers, Texans, and Ravens, which is, you know, a huge upgrade on his fortunes. Parker got the Dolphins, the Bills, and the John Water Space, and I got my defending champs. The Rams and the Chargers. So, uh, a lot of L.A. and Detroit representation on my side this week. Um, I think that's it for assignments. I think we got everything. Uh, unless Parker wants to spend his Dragon Balls. Oh, I'm cooking something up. How are you? <laughs> oh, We're good. fine for now. I'd love to hear about hey, Parker, uh, are you still making uh, any progress on Samurai Jack? I am, slowly but surely. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it takes a couple seasons, huh? Look, and also, you guys know me, there's nothing I want to do more than watch movies, even shitty ones you assign. Yeah. No one's less happy about this than I am. That's, that's fair. I would much watch rather watch a random Roland Emmerich movie than do literally most of the things in my life. Well, good news then, because wow. I think I'm you still owe us one. <laughs> I do. <laughs> what's, our, what's our next episode? Do we have an idea? Well, I will be watching that... Uh, Lost New York Ninja? recently recovered New York Ninja movie. Okay, I if we can find a way to get that, let me see if that's. I'd open up IP torrents like I did. New York. I am Ninja. incredibly excited. Alex, are you aware of this movie? I am not. I don't know what this is. Dude, holy so, shit! That poster. Back, I'm downloading it now. Back in like 1984, uh, a Japanese dude was filming a new uh, ninja movie like on location in New York City. Yeah. And then just abandoned it. And uh, the company Vinegar, Vinegar Syndrome came across it, and they're like, hey, what do you want us to do with this? Right, I just fucking trash it, it's fine. So they took it. They have all of this footage with no audio or anything. So they assembled it into a movie, got a band to do a score, and then brought in people like Don the Dragon Wilson and Cynthia Rothrock to do all of the dubbing over it. Oh, hell and yeah, I'm dude. incredibly excited to watch it this week. All right, so that and the, the, the Rock Ryan Reynolds movie. Got it. And that's the tea, sis.